We have one task, to proclaim the message of salvation in Jesus Christ. The whole church must be mobilized to bring the whole gospel to the whole world. This is our calling. These are our orders. In this podcast, we'll look at the millions of refugees living in Europe today, which are some of those sheep that God is off to find. What is his heart and his work to see them coming home? And how can you and I and our communities be part of it? So Father God, we cry out to you, drive out workers to that harvest. Open our eyes to see what you are doing and what you're seeing. And Holy Spirit, come and do your work in us as we listen and process. This is the mobilization thread for the Lausanne 2021 conversation. My name is Christian Lande, and uh, our guest at this month's podcast is someone whose heart uh, is to co-work with God in exactly this mobilizing individuals and churches to reach out to refugees. Uh, Vimal, Vimal Nasekaran, welcome. Thank you. It's great to have you here. Yes, uh, yeah, wonderful. Thank you, yeah, Christian. I, I heard quite a bit about you already, and uh, I'm excited to hear your story and to hear how you are getting involved in, in mobilizing Europeans uh, and European churches uh, for, for this harvest field. The reality is that there are millions of refugees already in Europe and and especially you now from Afghanistan, more will come. And and of course, we could discuss the political realities of that and, and the legal and all these kind of uh, uh, things and connections and challenges connected to it. But uh, I think what we would like to focus on today is, is what is God doing and how can we reach them with the gospel and, and what is, what's our role in it? Um, but before we move to that, I would like us to just get to know your story, Bimal, because uh, I know you yourself were a refugee uh, once. That's correct. In over 35 years ago, I had to escape from my own uh, country, used to Sri Lanka, to India as a refugee. Uh, in that move, moving from my place to the refugee camp in India, the Lord has met me and where I met Jesus. You know, uh, I gave my life. I stayed there nearly over three and a half years uh, as a young person, worked voluntarily serving the God. I mean, I, I was converted at that time. You know, it was like 18 and a half years age and uh, I had no fears. I loved the Lord and just went around and preached the gospel. I don't know how did I do it, but I did it. This is the beauty, you know, it's, it's, it's a world in chaos, it's lives in chaos, and then God breaking in and doing his thing and, and bringing salvation. It's, it, this is, the, yeah, you said it exactly. The world is in chaos, but the Lord is not in chaos. But yes. he, we see that it's chaos, but he sees that his way of doing his uh, will in our lives, in, in everyone's lives. It's, there's yeah. no chaos with God. It's chaos with us. Exactly, exactly. That's it. Um, so then you, you, you lived in India and then you moved back to Sri Lanka and then you ended up in Europe. Uh, so just give us a brief input about your family and uh, where you live now and, and just what, what are you doing? 
Well, I, I do know after, you know, kind of three and a half years, you know, I had to go back under the peace uh, accord. Uh, we went back to Sri Lanka, but then Lord opened my heart and I need to go into the ministry. So I got the opportunity to study in London in a Baptist college, Bible college. Then I moved to Northern Ireland. I became an assistant pastor in a small Northern Irish church. They, that, is, that is an amazing story in itself in those days in 1990, yeah. you know, talking. Then I met uh, uh, an English lady. God provided a wonderful uh, wife. And uh, we both prayed that we wanted to go back to Sri Lanka because of the civil war in Sri Lanka. We were graciously guided to come to Germany for an outreach where we were visiting refugees and uh, God opened our hearts. So we just followed God's will and said, okay, we will come and work with refugees in Germany. So 21 years ago that we came to Germany, only for five years we came, but we are still here. And we have, I, we have, we have four kids. The you know, oldest uh, is 19 and the youngest is um, 10. So we have four kids, three girls and a boy. And it's typical God, isn't it? It's, it's Sri Lanka, it's India, it's Northern Ireland, it's England, and now you're you're serving refugees from the whole world in Germany. That's just uh, beautiful. Um, I have a question: What is God doing among refugees in Europe today? Could you give us some stories and some examples and maybe some numbers? Sure. I mean, uh, the numbers are hard, but I can give you stories. I mean, what beautiful. God is doing. Throughout our ministry here, I have seen people have come to know the Lord. Oh, Lord made them. You know, we are a kind of instrument in between just connecting these dotted lines. Mm-hmm. But many of them have given their lives. I tell you a story about last year. I had a 18 years young Afghani man who came from Greece to Germany. And somebody contacted me from Greece and told, hey, Vimal, we have this guy, we don't know if he's a Christian or not, but uh, he's just um, there during the lockdown. You remember that he started mm-hmm. the lockdown last year. So I went the first time and met with this guy. He can't speak much German, but a little bit English. But I met with him every week for several weeks during this lockdown. In my van, we read the New Testament. I mean, he had his, uh, I mean, Farsi or the Dari uh, Bible. Eventually, I took him to church, and uh, he has been going to the church. By the way, I I don't do things without connecting people to church. Church yeah. is bigger than that. We must do that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I took this guy to a church. I connected there, and he will be baptized. I mean, this is the story. He gave his life, life to Jesus in a park with yeah. another Iranian brother that we met together. So that is one of the stories. I can tell you another story. I'm a Syrian guy. Uh, we had a summer outreach here last year. I mean, we, he can't walk. He was a victim of the you know, bombing in Syria. He yeah. was in a wheelchair. We met him. I mean, I, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, three or four weeks ago, I went and visited him again. He wanted to go to church, an Arabic church. So I took him in my, he can, you know, his wheelchair to this church. He loved it. He said he never did something in his life. He wanted to continue to go. Even this Sunday, I would like to take him back to this Arabic church. Actually, this Arabic, uh, German and Arabic speaking church. It used to be a German church. Through our contact and help, they opened up their doors to the Arabic speaking people. 
And now it's an Arabic-German church. There are all, almost 50-50% of Germans and Arabs are meeting together and working together and praising God. I mean, this is a story you can tell every time uh -huh. that you go around refugees. So this is a good thing that we exactly. hear. Exactly. You know, it's, it's for me, it sounds like uh, God is using people like you uh, and probably others to connect uh, because he's working in people's hearts and he's bringing people to him. But then he needs these workers to connect uh, those who are coming to faith with those who are believers and living in local churches. So I just hear the, the need for more people like you who are connecting. But also uh, I hear the need for local Christians living in local communities and churches, probably German, Arab, Norwegian, Czech, English, whatever. Yeah. Uh, to actually embrace and to be willing to be connected. Definitely. I, you know, I, I, put it, I, I call them, I'm a bridge man. Okay. I, we are bridges, you know, you are loving yeah. uh, people to walk over our lives. Yeah. It's definitely so. I think one of my experience with church people, normally I think 90% or more of the Christians are, they are very good people. I mean, you know what I mean? They are not against refugees. Normally mm -hmm. this is a, there is a bad caricature. But they do not know how to go about, or they exactly. do not know how to get connected. So once you do that, I think they are the best place. I still believe the church is just the best place to taking care of refugees, not for short term, for mm -hmm. the long term strategy. Yeah, beautiful. And I think this is this is really important for us to hear uh, that when you feel overwhelmed and you you see in the news, oh, and you feel like we should do something, but you don't know how to how to do it. There are people like you, Vima, who could actually help to, to, to get going and to get connected and to, to find out how can we, we welcome them and how can we include them and, and disciple and, yeah. Well, actually, you need to know, we don't, uh, the Europeans don't like to uh, be helped. That term, we need to change it. <laughs> if you say we are going to help, they will say, no, we don't need your help. We need to, we, we can share our lives. We can we can share our faith. We can share our uh, perspectives uh, by sharing our lives. Yeah. I think we can open up each other, and then uh, maybe I can be helped, and they can be helped if that is open to be helped. Because you know what does that mean by being helping? You know, somebody doesn't like to be helped. Yeah, that's a good point. So, so instead of saying we we need to help one another, we need to you, you encourage us to to actually just share life and walk shoulder to shoulder. Definitely, brother. I, I, I myself say to myself, I don't help anyone because the Lord is the helper. Yeah. And we are facilitators. I mean, we are just happen to be there and we are in the best place with the Lord to be your friend. You know, what connects you and me is nothing more than Jesus Christ. So yeah. let's uh, do that way. I think we will be uh, glorifying God in that way. Amazing, amazing. You know, I, I just heard from a friend of mine, uh, uh, she referred to, to uh, a German uh, bishop from the London description. Uh, and he, this bishop, he, he shared that several of, of his priests, of his pastors, uh, they didn't believe in God anymore. Uh, and then he had seen several occasions when Syrian refugees had found Jesus or Jesus found them probably on the way to Europe or in Europe. And these refugees then 
through their new faith, led these priests uh, to faith in God. And I was like, wow, this is so beautiful. <laughs> um, do you see other examples of, of that happening? Remember we talked about chaos yeah. at the beginning, you know, the yeah. out of chaos. I don't think so. It's a chaos. You see the, how God works reverse back yeah. his will to the people of Europe. He uses these chaotic people from east or wherever they come from to, to, to re-evangelize or reopen their minds that Jesus is true and he is living because Syrians have met them on their way to here. Mm -hmm. Once you meet a person, it's hard to deny that, that he doesn't exist. So uh, yes, I can I can I can very well confide with many people that that not just Syrians, many Iranians or the Iranians, mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of Iranians have gone into churches. They have said to the priests and say, "Hey, I met Jesus in my dream. What are you talking about?" So natural tendency for the European priest is perplexed. Huh, is it true? <laughs> because he yeah. so I think God is doing something bigger than us and greater than us sometimes that's why we cannot understand yeah if we are humble enough we can hear it god yeah. is using different way to bring back his own people he has not forgotten europe i think he loves so much yeah he creates chaos out of this chaos he brings out these beautiful stories of how wonderfully that he, we can turn back to him and say jesus lives yes yes this is, this is great because I think, you know, we started off this podcast with kind of the question, how can I be part of serving refugees? But then what we see uh, and what I see is that, you know, this is not just about what I need to do for them. This is about what God is doing uh, for them, for us, how he is working into the chaos, which is the European chaos, which is the chaos in other parts of the world. And, and he's just doing beautiful stuff and we can be part of it. Yeah, I very much agree. I think uh, I don't like the idea we are serving or helping refugees. It's true we do, but I find it a little bit, you know, very, uh, very pompous. You know, we are like mm -hmm. helping refugees. But I think what, as you rightly said, is God is bringing his people, enabling us to be part of his mission. I mean, all I'm doing is just obeying Jesus and to be here as a missionary. I'm privileged in that way. Yeah. I'm just in the right place and uh, so we are just just sharing our lives i would like to say it again i i think when i go to the refugee camps here in germany i i look i am enriched i am challenged i am uh, encouraged in my faith mm. even though i'm going to help me the word helping is very interesting word but you know when i go there god is helping me to love him and serve him so in yes. in this process I am learning more about Jesus, and so do they. So yeah. it it's works wonderfully for both of us, for refugees and for me. Yeah, exactly. And I think this brings me or brings us back to what you what you started with quite early. It's 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 not about helping one another; it's about sharing life. Uh, Definitely. And and I think if you look at the big situation in Europe today, you can see that God is sending quite a number of missionaries to Europe from other parts of the world whether they come as refugees or sent from mission agencies or, or as tent makers, they're coming here sent by God as missionaries. And then we have us native Europeans, uh, Christians, and we need to stand shoulder to shoulder. And, and what I hear you saying is that we need to start with 
we're just sharing life. Uh, do you have some very practical uh, ideas? How, how do we start? First of all, we need to change the idea that church is mine. I am doing this. I mean, mm -hmm. this is where I think we, myself also, church, is, church belongs to our Lord and he is doing it. Amen. And in, so when somebody like me comes into your church, <clears throat> I think you just look at me, not just the guest. You know, I'm, I'm here for a long term. I'm, you know, refugees are not here to be here just for one year and then more. No, they're going to be here for a long time. They're going to be here with their families. They're going to have their children. They're, they're going to be here. So I think first thing is to understand the long-term perspective of migrant or diaspora ministries or the refugee ministries. Once we understand, then we can start to help and to be part of the process. Yeah. And I think when, when I think about what strikes me when I think about uh, sharing life, uh, whether it would be with a missionary from Brazil uh, or a refugee uh, who had come to faith on the, on the road to Europe, I would say I would probably just eat, eat a meal with them. Uh, yeah. Some Norwegian food, some Iranian food, some Brazilian food. I mean, I love eating. I, I bet you have done a lot of that. Yeah, I think it's true. I think invite them for a meal. I think opening your home is the best thing in your look. That is biblical, by the way. If yes. you have a home, if you don't open to the people. Don't go and preach the gospel. It's just a, it's a hypocrisy. <laughs> I mean, there is no way that you can close your door and then preach the gospel and come back and sit down. It Open your home. Because people need to see that what you preach, what you believe is true in your home. It's very, you know, when I go outside, I put very nice clothes and I get trimmed and it looks better. Only in my home, I am normal. And everybody yes. knows that, hey, you need to share better. Like, uh, yeah. Those it's important that you eat together, yeah. invite them and learn from them, understand them where they come from. Quite often, we misunderstand a person because we don't know where they come from, what they do. So mm -hmm. it takes time understand them don't yeah. underestimate anyone in your life you know i do that i don't underestimate god taught me that i don't underestimate any person who is created in the image of god in my life that i have i have to learn that it was it was not natural to me mm. once you do that if a person is created in his god's image you don't underestimate you don't know what this person will be in 20 years 10 years beautiful I, I, I have seen people who are just refugees. Now they are running stores and they are doing businesses. Mm. I mean, this is something that God is doing. So I, I think you invite them, eat with them, take your time. You know, I know time is a big issue for us in Europe. Spend time, get to know the person. Yeah. It's a work. It is intentional. It's probably exactly that thing. Uh, because time is what we like. We think at least we like it. And, and so probably that's the challenge, to give what we really uh, want to protect uh, and not to give, but to give our time yeah. to eat together and to serve one another and uh, pray together. And I think that's, that's a good challenge for us to start there. Um, and then uh, I know, Wimal, that you would be willing to, to help and to, uh, to support, uh, or sorry, not to help. <laughs> yeah that's right i i would share my lives <laughs> yes you would love to share lives with those who would love to share lives with you and and find out how to to move on great uh thank you vimal this has been a pleasure uh i think we got a lot of inspiration and uh new thoughts uh certainly i did 
have a blessed uh, conversation. It comes more natural to us to shout the gospel at people from a distance than to involve ourselves deeply in their lives, to think ourselves into their problems and into their culture, and to feel with them in their pains.